This is CliffCentral.com. Hello and welcome to Animal Central on CliffCentral.com. As you all very well know, this is the only show in South Africa dedicated to animals and the people that love them. I'm your host, Ainsley Hay, and it is a beautiful Wednesday today. And I have a very... um Someone that I'm quite envious of, if I'm perfectly honest, <laughs> in studio today. His name is Heinz Ortman. Hello, Heinz. Welcome. Hi, Enzi. Thanks for having me. No, I'm very glad that you're here. As we were chatting earlier, it's like taken a bit of um, coordination to get our schedules in line to do it. But I'm glad because I'm actually looking forward to this interview. So, Heinz, you are a tour leader from Rock Jumper Birding Tours. Yes, I am. For your sins. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, tell us a bit first a bit about um, Rock Jumper itself, because I obviously know what it is, um, but I don't think a lot of our listeners are lucky enough to know yet what it is. Yeah, I think basically to start off with, um, to explain what we do, uh, birding tour companies are. It's become quite a mainstream thing in the tourist mm. industry nowadays. Uh, you have these specific tours geared for people who are passionate about birds. Yes. Um, generally also for wildlife, but okay. with a main focus on birds. And so Rock Jump has been going for well over 15 years oh, now. Really? Um, we're a, an established birding tour operator and in fact, the world's largest birding tour operator. Really? Yes. So it's an international um, company? Yes. So basically, in a nutshell, we offer well over 300 tours every wow. year. Um, of course, not all of those run, but okay. that's what's offered uh, in over 100 countries worldwide on all sure. seven continents. So that's including sure. down to Antarctica on cruises. Oh, yeah. wow. As I said, you, <laughs> I'm very, very envious of you. So how long have you been with um, Rock Jumper? Well, I officially started in October 2014, so okay. it's just over a year and a half now. Um, but I've been birding almost all my life, oh, wow. and it's just a great avenue or, or, or an opportunity, should I say, to enjoy time with like-minded people, yeah. seeing some pretty amazing places and things as well. Yeah. On so, the way. What, what, what was the last trip that you did? Where did you go? Well, I, I actually did one through the eastern parts of South Africa. Oh, nice. So, uh, starting out, we tend to get a lot of tours in South Africa as a guide. Okay. And then as we build up experience, we, we get the opportunity to go and see other wow. places. It just really depends on, on where the tours are going, where the gaps are. Um, I had the privilege of going to Uganda last year, oh amongst other things. Gosh, that's so amazing. we do get to see different places. Yeah. Um, in my particular instance, I did request for a focus on Africa. So yes, okay. I'm busy building up experience in various parts of Africa. Fantastic. Not that I'd turn down the opportunity to yes. do a tour in India or South America, okay. but for me specifically, um, I asked for Africa, so Uganda. I head to Malawi and Ethiopia later oh, in the wow. year. So, and Madagascar for a fourth time in no! less than two years. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's basically what what we get offered. Um, that's amazing. As as a tour leader, yeah. And so, what do you have to do? Because I, as you well know, I'm a fellow bird nerd, avid bird and nature lover, and I often um, think about my career path and think that um, guiding, especially the bird side of it, is something that I may. I'm very tempted yeah. to go. So, how? What advice do you have for anyone thinking that this is this is a career move that they would like to make? What are the first steps? Well, to be honest, um, with with birding tours, you'd obviously need to know your birds mm -hmm. really well. Mm -hmm. um, there isn't any formal university degree mm -hmm. or anything that I would say you need. Mm -hmm. You obviously need a, a 
you need to be a people's person. Yes. You definitely need to get along with people and yeah, be an open mm -hmm. channel of communication at the best <laughs> of times, even, even when things aren't going yes. as planned, especially yeah. then. A lot of that I would say you learn through experience mm -hmm. as well. Um, but I think in my particular instance, what I studied and so on is not to be a bird to a leader. Yes. Um, it is something that I always wanted to do. What so did you study? I studied conservation ecology okay. uh, at the University of Stellenbosch and even did a master's subsequent oh, to sure. that okay. uh, at the University of Cape Town. So a lot of people would say, why guiding? And my answer to that would be, well, do something you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Not that what I was studying is not a passion mm -hmm. of mine. This is just a lifestyle that later in life probably wouldn't be yes. possible. Yes. So for birding to leaders or anyone wanting to go that route, uh, certainly it would be a good idea to, you know, get in touch with their several companies mm -hmm. around and, and, and go birding with, with some mm -hmm. of the owners or founding members okay. and so that you're a known entity basically. Mm -hmm. And from there, maybe that opportunity will come. They might give you that chance to lead a few tours okay. and, and take it from there. Yeah. That's some pretty solid advice. And then something like, for you, what's that, Fugasa, Dungas, those things? Yes, so that's your Field Guide Association mm -hmm. of South Africa. Mm -hmm. Very formal. Um, it's, it's something that a lot of people have been, try, have been working on a lot to get everyone on board with okay. that. Because in an industry like this where you, especially in our case, taking a lot of more elderly people yes. around, um, you need to have the right training, the yeah. right certification. There are responsibilities in what you're doing. So for Gasa, it's a case of basically registering, going through the, you can do it through correspondence. There's okay. several very, um, well established, um, avenues to go through. Mm -hmm. Or one could do the courses at, there, there's certain what they call academies at some okay. of the nature reserves that offer something like that. Okay. Yeah. It it would be needed though. Yeah, to no, cover I can, all bases. I can yes, imagine. Yeah. So, and then, so how many people on average are on the tours that you lead? So for us, it's something as a company that mm -hmm. we certainly pride ourselves on is that we have a, a one of the best what we say leader to guest ratios mm -hmm. of of any birding company. You'll see that in in extreme cases, it's eight people wow. for one. To a leader, and in that case, if it's in a place in such as Madagascar, for example, mm -hmm. we'd have a local guide with us from that area in That's Madagascar fantastic. with okay. local, most recent expertise as well. Wow. We've gone specifically for our South Africa tours. We've gone back to a model with one guide and six guests okay. or clients um, maximum. That sure. that tour will run on a minimum of five people, That's but amazing. never more than six. So you really get your value for yeah, money, I no, would that's, say. That's fantastic. It's real sort of um, attention to detail at that level. And everyone is sort of, it's not this mass scream up, look at a bird, scream off to the yes, next one. I think, I, it's, I think one of the key things from a leader side of mm. things is that um, when you have groups larger than that, it becomes rather difficult to, mm. especially in certain habitats like rainforest, mm. getting everyone onto a bird when you've got a couple of seconds yeah. at best. So, you know, in terms of what our clients are paying for tours like this, a smaller group works yes. very, very well. Definitely. If you do go on our website, you would see, if you did some research, that some of the tours are 
10 guests. Okay. And in those cases, we'll have two Rock Jumper guides. That's fantastic. Permanently. And what is the website details quickly so that our our guests can go and have a squiz? Uh, Super. That's just www.rockjumperbirding.com. Okay. And we're also on Instagram, Facebook. Brilliant. Anywhere all really, medias. all the social media. Um, <laughs> it's become a very competitive industry. Yes. So. but you, I think Rock Jumper definitely has a name that stands above the rest. Um, you know, I've if it's always been held in very high regard and heard very good things about about the tours and all of that. So I think you're definitely on to winning. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not really objective in that sense <laughs> if I say anything, but uh, sure, you know, it's 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 a sign of the times. You need yeah. to be up to date with everything, and a lot of people would prefer a few seconds, just a quick check on Facebook or something, than yes. reading a long exactly. ream of text somewhere about exactly. a tour. Yeah. yeah. And so how long on average are the tours? Does it, what's the shortest, longest? Well, it, it varies. If, if I can keep it simple, our classic or scheduled tours, which run every year to locations mm-hmm. on generally a fairly fixed itinerary, which we might tinker with here and there as things change, um, would be anywhere from 18 to 23 days, depending wow. on the destination. Um, most of them are around 19 days. Okay. But a place like Madagascar is yeah. 22 oh, um, wow. for, because of distances one yes. needs to cover and so on. And then we have budget and highlight tours, which are slightly shorter, mm-hmm. uh, roughly two weeks. And okay. there, there, there's some slight differences there, but that's wow. all okay. big details more than anything else. Well, but yeah. And then, so just explain this to me. Obviously, as a South African in South Africa, birding South African birds must be um, a rel- from, relatively from a comfort zone. You, you, yeah, you're certainly. quite confident. You've had years and years of experience. Now, what on earth do you have to do now if you're going to go to Madagascar to bird in Madagascar? Well, that's where, you know, in, in terms of African birds, mm-hmm. one's quite fortunate in a sense of if, if I were to go to Kenya tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard a bird calling. Yes. I'd straight away classified into a family without okay. specifically which species okay. because African birds are quite similar. Mm-hmm. So your time frame for preparation would vary. And it also depends on really in terms of how gifted you are, mm-hmm. what you do and how quickly you pick up calls. So South America, for example, is a place that I would need a lot more time yes. because it's totally different bird families. Wow. Nothing like in Africa. Yes. The species number is phenomenal Huge, yeah. in comparison. And you can go to places where you'll see or hear almost 200 species in a oh morning. Oh, gosh. So, sure. you know, but a place like Madagascar, to answer your question specifically, what we do is because we've got a history of having gone there for many years okay. as a company, there's a lot of information. Oh. And our guides keep notes how things, if things change, oh, wow. where to specifically look for certain birds and so on. And then basically it's it's up to us to learn the calls, learn the areas. Okay. And what we would do is is head to a place on a training trip or a recce mm-hmm. as we call it beforehand. Okay. We never tend to go to a place with guests having not Cold, been there yeah. before. Okay. Um, because of the product that you're offering, um, you know, these guys are, generally speaking, really switched on, mm. and you can get caught out pretty quick if you <laughs> don't know what you're doing. So, yeah, you know, to give you an example of my personal experience, when I headed to Uganda last year, that involved learning anywhere between 400 and 500 new bird species calls. Sure. 
and then going there beforehand and thoroughly visiting the places okay. before I took guests on my first tour there. Wow. Yeah, because I can, as you say, I can, you know, these are not these are not novices that are going. <laughs> well, it, it does vary. It does okay. vary. We certainly cater for. We we would never exclude anyone. Yes. We we feel that we certainly offer a a, a package that Suits certainly there will be tours which will be geared towards your real listers, as we call yes. them, the guys ticking off birds all over the place. Okay. And then you'll have other tours that are geared towards your general birder with. It doesn't really matter how much experience you've had. You okay. can have a, a variety in a group um, from almost no experience starting out to very experienced. Yeah. And so that's information that we do convey to people okay. and that generally our client base is, is well aware of okay. and, and how it works. And that's something that we state on our website. Brilliant. Quite, yeah. No, that's it's. I think it's good to offer to offer all levels because, as you say, there's quite a variety of people's interests and passions within within the birding scene. So, when you take guests on these tours to these amazing places, you guys handle. Do you guys handle all the logistics, or do guests are guests responsible for some things? Well, um, to to give you an idea of how it's set up, if we in South Africa, for example, we'll do the driving as well as the guide. Okay. But in any overseas location, there'll be a driver as okay. well. And there are very good reasons for mm-hmm. that. And then basically, as the guide, we don't deal with any pre-tour mm-hmm. things unless itinerary changes happen mm-hmm. where the office team may not necessarily um, have been there and so don't know what the implications are in terms okay. of driving a distance or so on. But um, in terms of the guests, you know, there's not – really much other than you know the standard things when you go on a holiday pretty okay. much uh, there's not much for them to worry about That's in fantastic. terms of yeah i mean it, it's all pretty much all inclusive, all inclusive. yeah huh. and so how often um do you guide tours or how often do you take tours is it that's not really a very straightforward okay. question to answer <laughs> but to to give you an idea we we have it, it varies. It basically depends on, on you as a person, okay. how much you want to be away or how, let me put that differently, how much you'd like to guide. Okay. I mean, because that's, that's your main income source yes. is how much you guide. Okay. And so, and also your energy levels mm. are very important. So we'll have guys that'll do three tours back to back to back, sure. which is two months. Sure. If you think Solid, about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that really comes down to, You've still got to basically be going at the same level on that third tour as you were with mm, the guests on mm. the first tour because you're trying, you're obviously offering mm. a very high quality package overall. And, yes. and, um, yeah, it's certainly, it's, it's a challenge, but yeah. it's, it's something we like to think we, we get right. Yes. 99% of the time. That's yeah. amazing. And so, yeah, because it's, it's, it's dealing with individual people and, you know, it's, you know, 22, 23 day, 19 day tour. Yeah. That's 19 days of a big smile <laughs> every day. <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so what is, what is your favorite destination? I mean, it must be absolutely impossible to pick one because you must go to some pretty amazing places. But yeah. Like, what stands out? Um, as I'd say, most favorite, most memorable to date. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm super patriotic. Yeah, so good. the more I see of South Africa, the mm. more I just 
am amazed at yeah. how beautiful it is. Having been, you know, to Victoria Falls and to East Africa and parts of the Okavango Delta wow. and Itosha and places like that, Madagascar, lemurs ride around oh, you and things like gosh. that. Um, I don't know. I'd be very hard pressed to, in terms of Africa anyway, because I don't have much experience on any of the other yeah. continents as yet. But South Africa's right up there. I think oh, we, we don't sell it well enough so in the glad. tourist sector overall. I'm really, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I lived in London for four years and I did a lot of traveling when I was there and I went to some absolutely insanely amazing places. Yeah. But now that I've been home and I'm, I'm still traveling, but I'm traveling locally and, uh, it, this, this country is amazing yeah. and just the variety and how things can change. I was lucky enough on Friday, um, in my previous position, I, there was a foreign judge that came over that I had to entertain. So I just popped her in my car and I took her up just to Dinner King. And I mean, it's nothing, Dinner King's nothing to, Rage about it. We've, we've certainly got better places, but even just that, that literally I can get in my car and drive for an hour, an yeah. hour and go somewhere. And she, luckily she was a birder as well. So we had such a whirl of a time. Yeah, and it was, awesome. yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. And I think, as you say, a lot of South Africans sometimes get a bit blase about what we've got and we do take it to granted. But I mean, she, she comes from Holland and she couldn't believe I said, Oh, you know, this is, this is how many bird species that we have. And what? Gosh, and you have so many. I didn't realize how many birds we have with long tails. Yeah. Until we saw mouse birds, you know, magpie shrikes, and every single bird we saw had a long tail. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I suppose we do compared to Holland. Yeah. Mm. No, it's yeah, I think it's something that uh, we we certainly do a lot of tours in South Africa Great. as a company, and and we get a lot of people who, for them, it would be not just their first visit to South Africa, but quite often when they're from the States, for example, quite a few people, their first time in Africa. Oh, brilliant. And, and so, you know, we've, we've got a, for example, a specific, a specific tour that there's one actually on the go at the moment. Okay. That's 11 days. It's one of our shortest, but it's five days in the Cape and five days ah. in Kruger National Park. Oh, that's pretty perfect. And with that direct flight from Cape Town to Skakuza, you've really got very little traveling yeah. time in between. And you see, arguably, if if you were to ask anyone or advise anyone coming to South Africa who had two weeks, those would be yep. the two regions. Definitely. That that's what I told would, the would judge on Friday. <laughs> would be right high up on the list. And that's not taking anything away from the Drakensberg mm. or all these other places. Exactly. But if you were down to 10, 12 days in South Africa, those are the two, those two spots would, would certainly Without be. Without a doubt. So do they do a pelagic? Included in that, so yes, you're covering they, all pretty yeah. much. So for for those that don't know, pelagic trip is is in South Africa anyway. We we do some out of Durban, but mm -hmm. mostly from Simonstown in Cape Town, mm -hmm. and that's specifically to see albatrosses, which are mm. you know to see that is it's pretty difficult to put into words the experience. Oh, I the haven't first been time. in one yet, but oh. uh, it's obviously weather dependent, yeah, and because of safety, mm -hmm. um, you can't just go out in any, any sort of weather. No. Nah. But yes, uh, certainly one of the days is Brilliant. set aside just for the pelagic. And That's if it amazing. does go, it's, it's certainly something that if, if one hasn't been to Tasmania or other places where there are more albatross species, yeah. it's something that I think regardless you'd be blown away by. Yeah, Flip, even I, I'd happily go on that. <laughs> so, um, how did you get into birding? Well, that's basically due to my parents. Good job. Um, so my father's a, a large animal vet, mm -hmm. and this is predating cell phones still. Yes. So 
he enjoyed getting away from, you know, the constant hassle of answering the telephone. Mm. Not that he doesn't enjoy his work, mm. but you need a break. As a three-year-old, four-year-old, I remember things like going to Itala Game Reserve in Zululand, oh, wow. being charged by a black rhino. Things oh, like that man. stick with me or stuck with me. And what he, what, what I'm thankful for is that he didn't point out the little brown jobs, the small things. Okay. He pointed out your big, colorful, yes. saddle-built storks and mm-hmm. martial eagles and things like that. And I think it was just a general you know, upbringing of enjoying the outdoors mm. on weekends, going on hikes in the mountains, things like that, just encouraging us to do things outdoors. Brilliant. And that stuck with me. And then it's quite bizarre, but an English oral in my fourth year of school, which was on hobbies. And yes. I thought that's the first recollection of telling a whole group of people about my, other than my parents and close family, that I really enjoyed birding. And so Mm. it's quite a long time already. That's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, I don't just specifically have an interest in birds, but Mm. it's certainly the main Mm. passion, if you can put it that way. And I certainly am doing something that I enjoy a lot. So That's fantastic. um, Yeah, I mean, I collect butterflies and do all sorts of other things. I'm quite involved with various projects with various um, animals and things across the country on a conservation level, and mm-hmm. that's my background mm-hmm. and something I'll look into going back to when, when yeah. if, if it happens, yeah. my guiding days are over. <laughs> <laughs> you hang up your guide boots. I don't know if you can ever truly do that. Though. I don't think so. I mean, I think I've been guiding my whole life in a way because yeah. um, I very quickly, because of the time I had reading through bird books and things, very quickly, I wouldn't say surpassed, you know, my family's knowledge mm. or whatever, but I was the person relied on to yeah. identify things. Okay. And so technically I was guiding yeah. from a very young age. Um, not formally, of course, but <laughs> not as a job per se. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's, awesome. that's the short of it really. No, and it's, and it's, I think it is, it, it's such a wonderful career because it really, there is a degree of flexibility. It's hard. It's very hard. It's hard dealing with people. It's hard, um, you know, dealing with some of the conditions you have to deal with. But I think that it is a very, from what I can understand as an outsider, um, a very, what looks like a very rewarding career. And I think there is, um, as you say, I don't. I don't think a lot of people ever fully hang up, hang up their guide. No, I think I they dabble. They dabble quite a bit. I'm sure they do. I'm not at that stage, so we'll we'll see someday. Yeah, but it's certainly very rewarding. Yeah. Challenging, but super rewarding. Yeah. No, that's that's it's fantastic. We will be back after the break. Helen tucked herself into the hotel room bed and noted that the feather down duvets were the softest she'd ever felt. And now, more on the dust mite that is causing the latest outbreak of avian flu across the city. It was hard to describe such softness, but armfuls of adorable baby birds sprung to mind. Thanks, Ken. Health professionals have just confirmed that the mites have been breeding predominantly on duck feathers. Helen cocooned herself in layer upon layer of the abundant feathery duvet disappearing beneath the cloud-like swaddling. The mites are said to be accessing the human body through nasal inhalation, and that's where the contamination begins. This moment was so spiritual for Helen, she began doing her yoga breathing exercises, inhaling deeply through the nose. Experts have asked the public to be on the lookout for early symptoms, including elevated temperatures as well as rapid swelling of the extremities. Helen was overcome with a blazing sensual heat. Her lips felt effortlessly pouty. And even her breasts felt surprisingly full. At Road Lodge, there's no chance of our feather duvets giving you avian flu, because 
There are no feather duvets. Road Lodge, the no-frills one-star hotel. This is cliffcentral.com. Right, so we are back and we are still talking birds and bird tours and I'm sitting here fantasizing about being in Madagascar. So when, when, when are you next um, in Madagascar? I head off that way in towards the end of July. Wow. Is um, it seasonal? Is it are the tours seasonal to somewhere like well, Madagascar? Well, it, it varies for a place like that. Um, so July would would also be winter for mm-hmm. for them, and we offer what we call a highlights tour, which is over fifteen days mm-hmm. and and doesn't obviously doesn't go to as many places mm-hmm. as it's a shorter tour. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit more detail about that: you you go to the main places to see as many of. Madagascar's endemic birds, so mm-hmm. only in Madagascar, and then the lemurs. Oh, wow! Yeah, so that's that's what it's what it's about, and yeah, September to Malawi, and then most of November I'll be in Ethiopia as well. Wow! Sure. And what is Ethiopia like? Well, it'll be my is first time, really? so I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, just on a side note, one my favorite mammal in Africa is the African wild dog. Yeah, and okay. Ethiopia has the Ethiopian yes. wolf, which is Africa's most endangered carnivore. So that's one of one of the things do I'm they, looking do forward. Do you usually see them on the tours? Generally, we do oh tend to find them. Um, that's amazing. Obviously, lots of birds. That's that's the that's obviously the main thing. But I think that's that's something one you know one one can't emphasize enough is that a birding tour does not mean that you drive past and exactly animals. Um, generally, your birders will be interested yes. in animals. Yeah. Um, maybe the one exception would would be, maybe not even that, but one of our um, bird-focused tours in South America, where we try and see a thousand species in four weeks. Maybe there you don't quite have the time. A thousand species yes. in four weeks. That's in Colombia. Yeah. And that happens. We've managed it a couple of times already. Yeah. Holy cow! <laughs> a thousand species. Yeah. Shiza, wow. What is your life list? Well, mine is currently on just over 1,300. <laughs> um, I've fallen behind in southern yeah. Africa for obvious reasons because we're away most uh. of the time. So, and, and I don't twitch. So a twitcher okay. is someone who'd, you know, hear of a bird in Namibia Gets in somewhere. Gets in a car and drives yeah, to Cap- Or flies up there. <laughs> to go and see a leaf and, Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Nothing, nothing against that at all. No. Um, it's fantastic. It, it creates, you know, a, a platform way, yeah. for people to meet each other as well. And yeah. um, it happens a lot, which is great. And, and I think with technology the way it is in South Africa, certainly we're finding more and more people twitching rarities yes. like that than yes. we did five or ten exactly. years ago. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if that's what you like doing, yeah. great. You know, um, I do keep a Southern Africa list okay. and I do – know what I haven't seen and would like to see, but it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy looking yeah. at a bird that I've seen thousands of times. That's awesome. Um, and I think, I think that's, we, we get a lot of people that are that way Good. as well. You know, you'll, you'll get, there's a chap from Sweden who's mm-hmm. a client of ours and he's well over 9,000 in the world. <gasps> and uh, he, he'll enjoy watching a, a mouse bird just That's as much brilliant. as something like a pearl's fishing hole. That is amazing. So, although he knows whatever he hasn't seen and where he can see it, and, and that's He's the main focus driven. when he goes on a tour, okay. he won't necessarily not look at anything else. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. So, how um, how was Rock Jumper for, founded, formed? Who, who was the brains behind this? Well, um, initially, 
Adam Riley and Jonathan Rousseau mm -hmm. together. Um, South African? Both South African. Good so both are not, I mean, coming back to your question earlier, how to get into bird guiding, Adam's a, a chartered accountant okay. by trade. Um, <laughs> Jonathan's a doctor. So, um, brilliant. Um, it's, it's similar in a lot of ways. Um, so that was mid to late 90s that Rock Jumper was formed. They were informally doing tours. Okay. Um, before that, but Rock Jumper per se, Rock Jumper CC anyway, mm -hmm. formally registered in 2001. Okay. But we've officially been doing tours 1998 around there since Brilliant. then. Yeah. And do, do the founders still, do they still guide? Oh, yes. Well, oh, wow. um, Adam does the odd tour okay. here and there. Um, you know, wife and kids, so it's yes, not as easy okay. getting, getting away. But okay. the last couple of years, we've been heavily involved with the American Birding Association. Wow. So they approached us in 2014 to help out organize their conference, their overseas Ooh. conference, which we held in South Africa. And that's where that idea came about of oh. the five days in Cape Town and the five days in Kruger. Oh, that's that's where that tour came from. Super successful. We've just finished. The second one, which was in India, and I believe it wow. was a huge success. Okay. So much so that we're in already starting planning the one to New Zealand oh. at the beginning of next year. So, oh um, it, it's really a nice way of a lot of different people, mm. you know, rock jumper is something that we, with the people we get on that Cape to Kruger trip now, it's by word of mouth, largely from friends. Oh, that's amazing. You should do this rock jumper tour or it's similar for a lot of companies, mm. but with, with the American Birding Association being quite, quite mm -hmm. large and it's, it's a very popular pastime in the yes, States yes. and, and growing quite, quite nicely. So it's, it's really given us a nice base, um, or a further base yeah. or further support base than, than what we had. And, Hopefully that continues. It gives the guys in the office a lot more extra work, but <laughs> when it does end up going well, which it's it has totally done so far, it's, it certainly is. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So how many, how many tour leaders are part of Rock Jumper? It's quite a, quite a big company, isn't it? Yes, it is. And again, not a fairly, not a straightforward answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have a number of part-time okay. leaders. Um, what we what we like to do is as many of our scheduled tours as possible will be run by guides that are fully mm -hmm. guiding as we um full time mm -hmm. leaders. You'll see a distinction on our on our website, um just so that you know that that understanding is there for okay. the clients. I think on last count we're eighteen or nineteen wow. full time guides. Sure. Um but that would include someone like Adam would yes. would be down as a full-time leader um but it varies hugely some of the guys are leading 10 to 12 18 to 19 day trips a year sure. okay. others are doing a handful helping right. out with our private tours department which i haven't even touched on yeah, which is where that existed basically what what happens there is we, we get a lot of requests again it's not specific to south africa but from guests who say for example i have three weeks in south africa at the end of oh. 2016, could you put something together for for us? And and there it might only be one person, two oh, people, fantastic. three people. It'll generally be people that have traveled together before, yes. for example. So I've I've done several where I've had four people from the UK. Oh, I had brilliant. four people from Sweden, 
end of January to the okay. middle of Feb through South Africa. And um, they'll have they'll quite often have very specific requests. Mm-hmm. So they might have a target list mm-hmm. of birds that they're mm-hmm. looking for. And so we uh, cater for that by putting together the best itinerary for That's their brilliant. needs specifically. Sure. And uh, the guys that do that in the office do a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, I think the office team's fantastic. They're busy all the time. So they handle all the logistics of yes. flights, accommodation. Wow, they yeah, must have ninja-like organization yeah. <laughs> experience. I mean, yeah, it's 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 um it's a massive operation. Yeah. I don't think one can understate that mm. really. And uh, yeah, it's it, it various departments and um, a nice work environment, mm. and everyone chips in more than their fair share. Mm. And I think, yeah, I mean, we've we've grown massively in the last few years, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the guides that have been at Rock Jumper for seven, eight, nine years would would be able to say even more on that, mm-hmm. how it's changed and how it's grown mm-hmm. to the point where we're moving into new offices later oh. this year, which is quite exciting. Where's, where's, so your, head, where's your head office base? Currently in Peter Maritzburg okay. um, with satellite offices in Cape Town and, and so on. And, and our guides are based all over the world. So we've got one guy who's in the States who oh. does our South America trips, for example, oh, mostly. One of our other guides in New Zealand, as an example, does the Australasia stuff. So that helps hugely yeah. where you've got that mm-hmm. extra um, expertise locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd obviously still use local guides mm-hmm. in most places. And then, yeah, I mean, with technology as it is, Internet, Skype, yeah. all of this, one can stay in touch far exactly. easier. So it makes it possible. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, it's it's quite it's quite an amazing um, feat that you managed to pull off, and it uh, you know it, it all looks quite seamless. But there's a lot of little mechanical cogs going yeah. going on in the background to make to make these things happen. So, I I need your advice. So I'm an avid birder. Was a bit getting did it, and then obviously went to England and got. I mean, in England, yes, there are options: big fat wood pigeons and jackdaws. Yes, you're not much though. <laughs> So I got a bit rusty. I'm now back into birding with a vengeance. Bloody bird calls, though. And for me, when I lived in the bush, it was easy. I picked up my calls very quickly and yeah. I retained them very quickly. How do you how do you retain that without when you're not out in the field hearing birds all the time? Again, that's that's something that from individual to individual mm-hmm. might vary slightly. So you, you'll have guys that listen to a call once or twice mm-hmm. and it's and they, it's, just, it's there. Yeah. Um, but my suggestion and what changed birding for me was when the Roberts multimedia the was put mm-hmm. onto, initially it was on a PDA, these little computers. Those, okay. Uh, I actually got one in from the States from my uncle. Oh, brilliant. And that, that sort of meant that, when you went to a place and you'd obviously know these are the birds that are possible yes. in that area, something would almost click okay. that, okay, I've heard that before, just from repetition of listening okay. to it. Um, nowadays on the app, yeah. back then they weren't, those things didn't exist. Yes, true. Eight, nine, ten years ago. So that that's what changed it for me because I spent hours in the books. Yes. You know? And you're right. I think for me personally, which is why... I like a few more extra days at a new place before a tour, yeah. whereas other guys might get away with two or three, is that doing it in the field mm. helps a lot because even your apps will have, they'll have your standard call 
and you'll yeah, head birds out there. Don't read textbooks or apps. <laughs> you'll head out there, and and you know it gets even more complicated further up in Africa, where mm. there's a dialect in East versus oh, wow. West Africa for the same species. So it's not as easy. We're fortunate. We've we have a fantastic database that we've built up over the years, and we go out with microphones to oh, make recordings brilliant. and so on. But uh, certainly. <laughs> You, you, with the app, you'll have the standard call, okay. which is a great yes. starting point. Yeah. Fantastic. And my advice would be just spend time listening to them. Okay. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it really, it really, I think it is, it is something that you need to, as you say, practice, 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 but it is damn tricky. And I'm always, I'm always amazed when I go out with higher bird nerds and they're like, Oh, that's that, that. And I'm like, no, I, I, I it's a familiar call. I yeah. know the call. I know it, but I don't know it. Definitely not confidently enough to call it over the first, <laughs> yeah. first noise sometimes. And just, you know, as encouragement for anyone out there listening, if, if, if you're struggling a lot of, there are even bird tour leaders who struggle with calls. Yeah. Um, it's not something that is second nature to no, everyone. Yeah. And so just keep going, you know, God. keep listening to those calls, spend the time out, outdoors, mm. um, learn your backyard patch and then move from there. Basically yeah. is what I'd also say is if That's you, if you live in an area where you can get out, if you can go to the local nature reserve or in my case, walk down to the Mgani river, not oh, far from the house thing. or whatever. Yeah. Just spend time getting mm. to know the stuff on your doorstep and then, you know, small steps. Yeah. If you look at the 950 plus in Southern Africa, it's going to be overwhelming. So, <laughs> exactly. you know, just get to know a few and then move from there. Yeah. No, that's, that's very sound advice. Thank you. So why is it that there are so few, ma few female guides? That's a difficult one to answer I'm because lots of difficult no, questions. no, because, um, <laughs> I don't think it's it's simple. Mm. Um, I think it's something certainly that I guess looking, thinking just at the top of my head with, with friends of mine from other companies and so on, it is a serious mm. lack. Yeah. Um, Obviously, if, if, you know, some people, some females do decide to have families and I think that that would be a big, a big advantage because you, if, if you've got kids, yeah. you can't really say bye, even yeah. though if I were to ever have kids, which I'm not going to, I more than likely would say bye. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Two months. I actually don't have an answer to that. Yeah, but uh, it's just, it's something that I've noticed and I find it, I find it quite interesting and I've never. There's certainly a lot of, um, lady or woman birders yeah, out there. Yes. So can't really put a finger on it. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, um, but it, it's not just me. No, it's certainly true. There I would definitely say. Are fewer I can't speak for companies in the States yeah. or, or whatever. Um, certainly if you were to go, it's slightly different guiding, but if you were to go to Cape point or, you know, you, you, I've noticed that there are a few more ladies mm -hmm. than there were a okay. few years ago. But, uh, yeah, it's, mm. no, I can't really put a finger on it to, to be honest. It might be the family thing. Mm. Um, but you should, you should still get young, young lasses, you know. True. I think there's also a lot of, there is quite a bit of pressure in South Africa mm. on getting a university degree. Okay. And I think that might already mm. take a, a quite a proportion or high portion of people mm. out of it True. immediately because you might think, okay, I'm going to study my accounting or 
engineering yeah. and then go into it. And, and then it just you finish happen. your degree and you say, well, it's three years until I'm a registered accountant or whatever. Yeah. Then you work. Yeah. And, and then you say, well, I've just finished articles now. I'm going to earn more. Exactly. So yeah, it's Get stuck into that. Not not that don't want to make it sound like you shouldn't be an an accountant no. or anything, but maybe that's just me trying to think of why yeah. it, it might be the case. It's a mystery. Yeah. It's a mystery. So give us the website details again, please. So people now, I mean, I'm sold. <laughs> I want to go on all of the tours, including the Cape Town and Kruger one, all of them. So what are the website details again for our listeners? It's straightforward, www.rockjumperbirding.com. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rock Jumper Birding Tours on Instagram. On You'll find us on Facebook. Um, Twitter? Twitter as well, yes. Great. So, what is what are some of your biggest bogies? You must have some pretty spectacular bogies. So, listeners, bogies are a bird that you really should have seen, or you were really hoping to see, or it was right there and you could hear it, and then you just never saw it. It's really they they quite a sore spot. <laughs> <laughs> well. There are a couple. I've seen them since. Okay, But good. I think um, it, it might make a few people out there feel a bit better about themselves. Okay. So Pal's Fishing Owl would ah. come to mind purely because the family friends that we always went on holiday with, you know, we went to Ndumu Game Reserve, yes. didn't find the thing. They ah. went a few weeks later, saw Got two, it. that sort ah. of thing. <laughs> and African Finfoot was another one that took a long time yeah. going to the right places. And then of Where did all, you get the Finfoot? Finally? Of all places, the high-level bridge at Skakuza on really? the Sabi River, right there. Yeah. Ah. You know, every book says that's yes. where it is. Just have a look. And I've spent how many hours sitting there? <laughs> it's not so straightforward. Oh, um, yeah, so everyone has their, their stories, yes. their birds that you think to yourself, oh, goodness, I've seen 700 in oh. Southern Africa. How can I have a, oh, a gap on that one? But, but that's the beauty of it. Mm. And, and it's why, you know, for example, on our South Africa trip, quite often on the eastern portion, the last day, we'll go up Sani Pass into Lesotho. Oh, stunning. And, you know, the guys that drive up and down that pass every day will, will be asked by people, how can you do that? Go up every day the same place. It's because it's nature. Yeah, exactly. It's different from one day to the next. Yeah. I can go to a lot of places, you know, as an example, if someone said to me, you know, Etosha, tomorrow are you keen? No question. Mm-hmm. I'm packing my bags. Yeah. You know. So even though I've been there several mm. times, Kruger National Park, same thing. But then there are all these places that one hasn't seen. Exactly. So. What's top of your list of haven't been to yet? In South Africa, yeah. um I'd say because I've missed it at its peak is the Namakuland area oh, with the flowers. Yeah. But I haven't been to the Richtersfeld or okay. the Khalakhadi proper Ooh, okay. yet. It's the one big gap on my trip. map. Um, I was fortunate to get a, get to a few others in the last while. Mapungupwe, oh, I would wow. highly recommend for anyone who enjoys scenery, mm. birding, and being relaxed. Yeah. Just really super place. It is far from, even from Joburg, it's on the border of Zimbabwe and Botswana. Yes. It's one of our lesser known national parks, yes. but highly, highly recommended. Awesome. Um, just beautiful scenery that you're unlikely to see anywhere else in yeah. South Africa. And then certainly, you know, parts of the Eastern Cape still, yes. you know, you can't go to the wild coast enough whilst yes. it's still wild. Yep. Um, further up north, certainly uh, really looking forward to Ethiopia, as I mm. mentioned. Um, that would be amazing. 
for some reason, I guess it's my, you know, as a kid, I used to have several parrots at home that mm-hmm. I bred and hand raised, you know, Australasia, Australia, yes. lots of different parrots. Yeah. Um, that's high up on the list. But if all goes well, I'll be heading to Papua New Guinea next year for the Birds of Paradise. Shut so that... the front door. <laughs> I'm finished. I'm done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. So and that's... this is a job. And you're going to freaking Papua New Guinea. I'm yeah. dying. <laughs> dying. It is a job. It's a lot of work. <laughs> but damn, that's, that's, uh, I'll work. For, yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. That's, that's one of, one of our, you know, destinations that to give you an idea, our two tours for middle of next year are already fully booked by wow, the looks yeah, of things. I can so. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of our premier destinations where sure. we've, we've successfully led well over 30 tours now oh, on okay. scheduled trips. So if you think maximum three a year, that's a minimum of 10 years. It's much longer Fantastic. than that because in an initial period, often to a new destination, one year it might run the next, there might not be as uh-huh. much interest uh-huh. or you build it up over time okay. and, and things happen like West Africa with the Ebola thing. Cameroon's yeah. become a, a pretty difficult mm. place to sell. Unfortunately, mm. uh, we used to have Full tour. two tours going there, you know, we're only offering one next uh, year. Okay. Hopefully we'll get there. I'll be co leading on that Brilliant. one. It'll be my training trip. Okay. Basically that's in March next year, but we'll see. I mm. mean, it, the, the, with all these things going on, um, and it's a huge pity, but it's, mm, it's one of the reasons happens, I want, yeah. wanted to do Africa initially. Um, yeah. lots of wilderness left. So yeah, and that's compared to certainly ex- other parts of the world. Exactly. And it's, yeah, pretty, um, pretty amazing to get to some of those places because I don't think that there are a lot of, um, people that will, that will be able to say in their yeah. lifetime that they get there. Yeah. Did, did you get the shubel? I'll rub it in if you want me to. <laughs> so it's that that trip to Uganda, how we set it up, it's actually one of the few tours where your main target species you've got a very good chance of seeing on your first morning. Damn it. The first really? morning of the first trip. Morning. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And and we were fortunate. Uh, we last year we we had two full tours to mm. Uganda. Uh, we've got another one heading off in July and uh you know, everyone got fantastic. They were over the moon, just blown away. Wow. And to give you an idea, one of our our guests, who's very well traveled, well over six thousand mm-hmm. birds in the world, he said, hands down, the coolest thing he has seen. Mm-hmm. And just it just it's prehistoric. It, it just is. feels out of place. They, I, I've only I've seen in captivity, yeah. um, tragically. But Uganda's um, the place. I mean, Zambia is yeah. also good, but okay. it's a bit more logistically difficult mm. to get there. And currently, still Uganda's more than yeah. fine to visit. You oh, know, they, yeah, okay. um, certainly. And it's it, oh, there are lots of things to see there that that are unique. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, very good chance those tree climbing lions in Queen Elizabeth oh National goodness. Park and things like that. You do get that in other parts of Africa, but not as regularly. There's that one pride that's known for that. So, yeah. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, on that note, <laughs> I can't. Sorry, I'm just having shovels. Shovels are such a thing for me. I've just oh. always been obsessed with them. And I think to see them properly in the wild must be one of those, one of those memories that you will take. Oh, it's certainly unforgettable, yeah. I'd say, as sure. long as your memory holds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Oh my goodness. Well, Heinz, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've certainly learned a lot and I hope our listeners too. And I think it's definitely give Rock Jumper squiz. Um, as, as you say, you know, it's not only foreigners who go on the tours, yeah. it's, it's local people as well. So it is an accessible way and it certainly sounds like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. Keep well, eh? and we'll be back next week. This is CliffCentral.com.